Welcome back, my friend, to the show that never ends. I'm so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Um, that was great. Got, Why is that I've again? i the rest of the words. I remember that. What is come it? inside, the show's about to start. Um, it's uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, but is it? this isn't a music <laughs> podcast, Tom. It's about video games, so let's get into it. It's Tom and Matt Attack. Let me entertain you. There's another song about a show, you know, opening, you know. I, to be fair, I probably know the words more to that Robbie Williams song, apparently, than the Emerson, Lake and Palmer song. Though, to be fair, me of that. <laughs> from what I remember of, I, I think it's just called The Show. There's just a lot of, mm. like, weird keyboard solos, so I don't really of think course there, there is, is yeah. that many lyrics. How are you, Tom? <laughs> I'm all right, you know. I'm I'm, th- I'm trying to think of uh, songs about uh, shows now. Oh, what about the uh, Greatest Showman? The, the but this is the show. I can't remember how's that one go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that musical is just made up of pop songs. I think there's a Pink song that's like this is the show. I mean, isn't there a song? Uh, well, I thought I know it was it, the opposite I... way round. I thought they did the songs and then pop stars sort of covered them for a cover album. No, am I wrong? It, no, they are. Actually... No, it's. It's one of those like "We Will Rock You," "Mamma Mia" style things where they've I never taken knew. a lot I, of popular songs. I thought it was all right, you know. I didn't think I'd like it. I put off watching that for the longest time, but I was you know, relatively entertained. I was kind of forced into watching it at the start of lockdown uh, yeah. 1.0. I know you're in lockdown 2.0, a mm. new version. We can talk about that mm. in a little bit. But uh, um, limited I, run, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I um, I. Don't I never wanted to watch The Great Showman because mm. I have listened to a lot of uh, podcasts and stuff like uh, The Memory Palace, which is an absolutely stellar podcast. I recommend you check out. It's about like old, old weird stuff that happened in the world not too long ago, but it still seems super fantastic to think mm. about now. And P.T. Barnum, the guy who Hugh Jackman kind of plays yeah. in that film, well, he, he does play him, he doesn't kind of play him, is a despicable human being in all senses of the matter. Like, he would buy people with, like, uh, physical disabilities from their parents mm. and offer to give them a better life. And what that better life often was, was, like, sticking them in a tent for a lot of people to gawk at. Well, that's not um, how the film plays out, is it, though? The, no, he, exactly. He's, he's very compassionate in, in the film, you know. He's yeah. seen as helping people who, who may have disabilities or, you know. Exactly. Um. Yeah, no. Apparently, Tom Parry, from what I understand, in real life, a bit of a bastard. Not right. really that nice of a gentleman. So oh. I, that's why I had resisted watching that for a long, long time. And then, I mean, if you don't know that, it's quite entertaining. But I guess with that knowledge, you know, that sort of hampers your enjoyment of it somewhat. Why? It just kind of rewrites history a little bit. Again, this is not a film podcast. No, it's not. No, we've done we've done music, film, games, right? Games, okay, games. You played anything? <laughs> um, yeah, I have actually. Good, I... good. Genshin Impact. No. Yeah. Oh God. Right. Should we? Should you said we just you were going to talk about this last time. You know. Let's get the hot Genshin Impact minute over with. Yeah. Right, I had Tom Parry accidentally got myself in a bit of a sticky situation with Genshin Impact, not because oh, I'd dear. spent thousands and thousands of pounds on uh, loot boxes. I thought you were going to say you, you, you spilt some uh, orange juice all over the controller while playing it. No. That would have been quite no, sticky. I didn't. It would have, yeah. Fortunately, I didn't do that. It was just chocolate all over my hands. Yeah. Um. I, in Genshin Impact, Tom, there are brief fly into Genshin Impact. You get characters, they come through a gacha system, which is essentially you earn wishes in the game, you pull a crank, and then occasionally you get a character out. Those characters have individual levels, which, you know, like you, you reach like level 60 or level 50, traditional JRPG stuff. 
But on top of that, restricting that max level of what you can be is a thing called a world level. And as you progress through the story, as you do your daily quests and all of these things you kind of associate with both MMOs and regular JRPGs, as you grow stronger, the world grows stronger at certain intervals to not only keep the loot interesting, but also to up the level of difficulty so you're not just walking through every enemy encounter, which was the case before I world leveled. Sometimes this is tied to a quest, in which case you can stagger it. Sometimes it happens automatically. What happened with me was I had got to level like world level 30 or whatever and I was like, oh well there's going to be a quest to progress the world level, this is fine, I'll just do it in a bit. And it automatically upped my world level and I was like, oh I should probably level some of these new characters I have up now because Mm. otherwise it's just going to be my main character who is a high level and no one else will be. It turns out, Tom yeah. Parry, something I had been neglecting to do because I hadn't really realised how to do it was there are big like world bosses that you needed to kill, or well, you you need to kill once you reach level forty to get items from them that goes into your other characters to make them progress. Yeah, and that wouldn't have been an issue had I realised it before I'd up the world level to where enemies were like level 50 odd uh-huh. so it meant that when I was trying to defeat these things yeah, they were a lot more powerful than my party and Genshin Impact much like Pokemon much like any RPG worth its salt the enemies you fight generally speaking have weaknesses but unfortunately for me all of the bosses I needed to fight were not weak to my main character. Which meant that I had a mare of a time uh, trying to beat these bosses. Yeah, Often sound died. Like fun. Um, and to be honest with you, there is still one boss, even though I've managed to claw my way back into the game, that I still can't beat uh, because I don't have a powerful enough character of that weakness, which mm. sucks. But yeah, essentially what happened was I couldn't really do anything and I was the more and more I was playing the game I was like, well, okay, I can I can grind up materials because certain foods that you cook give you buffs. So like up your attack by 3 uh 100% for 30 seconds or mm. up your defense by 100% for 3 so, minutes yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay. I know the kind of thing. You can get that in yeah. Pokémon. I can you? I can yeah. do these buffs. I can I can get these things, and hopefully that'll allow me to get through. Um, I managed to do it the one time and managed to level up my ice swordsman, and I was like, right, okay. Hmm. Now with him, I can go here, I can go there. And essentially, it was a bit of a slow grind, but I'm back at a, a level where I can actually do these world bosses again and I'm like right cool. okay when I so, progress the world level again I know I hmm. can't do something like this I need to be on top of all these stats yeah so you've learned from your mistake I have yeah but it honestly I it made me not want to play the game because I didn't know I bet it was a way for me yeah. to progress yeah uh, have you had to uh, put any money into this game I have not had to put any money into it I did buy the battle pass though now just how much because is that out of uh, I think I paid about 80 krona for it. Like, it okay. wasn't too much. It wasn't too expensive. And to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't have done that had I not already reached Battle Pass level 30, which was essentially like when you when you reach 30 out of 50 levels, you get a guaranteed like legendary sword. And so I was like, well, I'm already here... I may as well pay this little bit of money to get this thing and get some additional wishes. Why not? Mm. Had I had I been far off this, had I not played the game very much, I wouldn't have bothered because yeah. there's not really a lot in that battle pass other than this weapon. But I was like, well, I'm already here. I've already put in the work. I may as well just play this, pay this little bit of money and then I have a really, really good sword for the person who didn't have a good sword before. And you've only had to pay that, you know, for the amount of entertainment value you've got out of it and the amount of game time you've got, that's a relatively small amount of money to pay, isn't it? I've played this game every 
day since it has launched for about an hour. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm more than happy to like drop like what probably less than a tenner. <laughs> sure you thing. Know, yeah, like, no, I, I think that's that's quite all right. I think that's okay, and like I'm not hankering to pull any other characters. I'm not like I've seen some YouTubers right who are playing this game full-time, and admittedly, they are streaming it 24-7. They're probably earning a lot of revenue because it's a very popular game. Mm. But, like, some of them are like, I'm going three to play now because I spent $5,000 on this game. And I'm like, why? I'll never why understand that. I'll never, that. I'll never money? will. But I've never got that involved in any video game, I don't think. <laughs> no! You don't need to, either. Like, I... I've played this game, like I said. I literally dropped this money yesterday, and even that sword didn't really improve my experience that much. I have a uh, nice sword now that I can level up and will probably see me through the foreseeable future of me playing this game. But I wouldn't have spent five grand to get additional characters. Like, you don't need to. Maybe I've just got lucky. Maybe the wishes I've had as a free-to-play player have just lucked out in my favour. Hmm. But, like, I'm sorry, you just don't need to spend that much money on this game. No. I, don't, I don't know how people it. have the money to, in order to do that, you know. Well, like uh, I said, if you're a streamer and you, you're streaming this game 24-7... Okay, yeah, okay. And, like, people just throw money at you if you're popular, maybe. don't they? Yeah. But, like, I've also seen people, like, some of these YouTubers been genuinely quite sorry and like one of them actually tearing up and almost crying saying like I apologise if this has led people to gamble on this game but that only kind of happened because people were like yo man I think you've got a bit of a gambling issue yeah well it's one way know. to uh, make make money uh, with a video game isn't it I mean who developed uh, Genshin Impact um, it is paid. a Chinese developer they've earned over a hundred million dollars yeah. uh, yeah, since wow. this game has come out it has earned a lot of money yeah, I don't always like games like that, I guess, you know, and I wouldn't like to see the whole landscape of video games look like that, and I don't think that will ever happen. Uh, no. But yeah, it it seems to be, if they find that success, then more and more people will start developing games like that. I mean, they already have, haven't they? So Yeah, I mean, the Just developers... As long as we don't get me... too much of it. <laughs> well, like, to be honest, Tom, like, this this game, like, the this model of game has existed for years, like... Mm. Gram Blue is one of these freemium, freemium games. Like, yeah, they did I mean, the whole Animal South Park episode on it. I remember. Camp is this? It's just not yeah. that insidious because it's Nintendo. Fire Emblem's Heroes is this. Mm. Uh, Dragalia Lost is this. Well, like, uh, uh, Star Wars Heroes is something I played uh, for one weekend and then got bored of it. And yeah, and to be fair, right, I'm at the point with Genshin where I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm done with this game. Maybe I don't need to play it that much. Like, I'm enjoying the animeness of the story, and I'm kind of reaching a point where there's not that much story left. And so I'm like, okay, okay. well, maybe I will just wait until I think patch 1.1 drops sometime in November towards the end, yeah. and they will that will wrap up the story that's currently going on in the game. But they'll keep adding to it, won't you? You have oh, to say what's will. your but cutoff like, point, won't you? I think that'll be my thing, though. I think mm. that'll be, like, I will just dip in and out of this game as long as they don't start level-locking that story behind, like, oh, well, you need to be level 50 to experience the story beat. Mm. Then I'm just happy to drop in and out of it. And if they do that, to be honest with you, they'll probably turn me off playing the game and I'll just quit it, yeah. whatever. Like... Well, you'll have had your fun with it either way. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and I, from what I understand, that new Ubisoft game of gods yeah. and monsters or whatever it is that one. yeah the early the early beat on the street from what i've heard with that is it's ubisoft's take on breath of the wild it's not as good as catching impact wow which that's must sting. yeah but i hey it means that i don't have to buy that game that's fine hey matt i'm about to surprise you with something now did you play genshin impact no i played an rpg though Oh, I knew it was going to be an RPG if it wasn't Genshin. What do you play? What do you play? Okay, you play? I'm playing Chrono Cross. <gasps> I've right. never played Chrono Cross. Right, okay, so it's. I saw a video of the uh, intro 
online and thought, wow, that looks really uh, beautiful. I thought I really like the design, like the colours, I like the setting. I thought, I'm intrigued by this game. It seems like a bit of a black sheep. It seems like yes. a Final Fantasy game, but not a Final Fantasy game. I'll try it out. So I just happened to win a copy on eBay sealed for £17. I was like, wow. I have a sealed copy of Chrono Cross <laughs> because about two or three years ago, Amazon dot uh, Amazon.com mm. happened to like relist all of these classic RPGs. Do you think that's the... where this came from then? Perhaps? It is absolutely where that came from because I remember there being a Kotaku well, article going like, oh my god, Amazon's got all of these amazing square RPGs in and I bought everything. Here we go have. though. Uh, it's a great hits version. Is that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. So, you know, I won the bid, you know. Uh, it started at 15 and won it at 17, I think. So, <laughs> not too yeah. bad. Um, like I said, it it is a thing. Uh, actually, um, some of our friends here in Denmark also bought it based on that and then realised they couldn't play PS1 games. You could have had that quite cheap, I think. Mm. Way back, oh, well, way you know, I, I'm not person. grumbling about the price I paid for it. The chances yeah. are I'll never finish it. But... <laughs> It was um, it was cool what I played of it. I mean, I think the battle system is quite unique. It's not like anything I've experienced before, and it's a little bit difficult to get my head around. But hopefully, I'll adjust to it. Uh, this idea of you have a weak, uh, a medium, and a strong attack, yeah. and you you build them up. You you do the weak, medium, and then strong, and then that increases some sort of energy meter. And you know what? I yeah. can't explain to you exactly how it works but there's magic as well it's called elements and you have a different colored fields and the more you do some things the more you increase the color fields and if you get a whole blue field then blue elemental powers will be more effective or okay i was trying to get my head around it there's a little tutorial in game but it's a little bit wordy and, and not really very intuitive but uh, visually you know i was like wow this is a really nice looking ps1 game I hear the music is also very good. Music's there good, is... yeah. Character design's good. Uh, yeah, it's fairly straightforward from what I played. You know, I have only played half an hour, Matthew. I'll, I'll I know. Say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Chrono Cross is completely sold out now on Amazon.com. Uh, However, mm. for those listening going, ooh, I missed out on that. Final Fantasy Anthology and Final Fantasy Chronicles, as we've already discussed. Final mm. Fantasy Anthology in America is 5 and 6. Final Fantasy Chronicles is 4 and Chrono Trigger. Uh, yes, Chrono Trigger, yeah. Both available for the very, very nice price of $20 for a sealed new copy of those PS1 classics. Well, also, that isn't that the only way to play Chrono, Chrono Trigger, other than Super Nintendo? on um, No, console? it's on the DS. Oh yeah, I mean on a home still. console that's not DS. On you know, a home if you want to play console, it on your TV. Yes. Yeah. On a home console it has never been re-released, which is often one of those things I shake my head at and just look at the Switch now and go, are you not going to put Chrono Trigger on you? Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> in that high-pitched voice. Exactly, well, in that high-pitched voice every time. And Chrono Cross is also, it's been released, I think, on maybe the Japanese or American uh, PlayStation stores, maybe. But not on the European PlayStation Store. No, probably it's not a European uh, release. No, unfortunately, there there are a lot of classic uh, PlayStation One era RPGs that we never got in Europe that are available on the American PlayStation Three Store. Mm. That Just is make how an account. I, I mean, it's not. I mean, that's what I did. That's how I played um, Xenogears. That's how I played. Um, whatever mana game come out on the ps1 that i can't remember because it wasn't very good so matthew did you not play chrono cross because you didn't want to break the seal no it wasn't <laughs> even that i bought it and it's just kind of went on to my pile of shame and yeah. to be honest with you it's one of those things that like even though i have an american ps2 the step-down transformer I have kind of makes it sound like it's about to explode oh, at any time. So you want I what I've really got, man? Like playing it? Yeah, no, I know. More than PS2. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful. I mean, I think I mentioned before, it does take a little bit long for PS1 games to to load for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by Chrono Cross. I think it's a really nice looking game, and I want to give it a proper shot. 
I have yeah. heard nothing but good things, even at the time. I just think people don't like it as much as Chrono Trigger, and I think well, that I, was a lot of the backlash. Would it have done better if it wasn't called Chrono Cross? If it was Probably. something completely unique? Because so far, I don't see any connection, but I assume there will be. Uh, yes, there along is. Along the story, yeah. I, I know quite a bit about that game, but I'm not going to say, but yes, there is some connection later in the game. Cool. Okay, never finished Chrono Trigger either, but yeah, that is another oh good game. Oh my god, game Chrono Trigger is such a good game. I got on a DS. Um, maybe I'll play it sometime. I've had like... I, I still may have at least two copies of it for the Super Nintendo. It's one of those games that any yeah. any time I've seen it wild and it's been affordable, I've picked up. Yeah. Have you been picking up yeah. anything else recently, Matthew? Uh, yeah, right then. So with Christmas being... It's looming, Christmas, isn't it? And, you know, being the the wonderful thing that I, I'm sure a lot of people are going through, especially if you are an ex-patriot like myself, it generally means that Christmas is a time, obviously, for a family celebration and going home and whatever. This year, we won't be doing that for obvious reasons. And so I was like, well, generally speaking, we kind of set some money aside for plane tickets and everything else. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually going to use some of that money this year to treat myself to something I've wanted for a long, long time. I hope you'll since. also uh, treat your good wife to something too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will, we will be, don't worry. We we both kind of said Spending all the okay. money, all the money we're going to spend on Christmas I'm going to buy this really expensive video game or Yeah, exactly. And just go, look at this, time. look at this beautiful thing. Um, So I, I had these games when I was a wee lad, back when I was like 14, 15. And I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. That was the the key era of me selling games. was like yeah. when I was like 14, 15, I would buy stuff, I would play it, I would sell it because I just didn't have enough cash as a kid. That's to, what you have to do. To yeah. them around. And unfortunately, two of those games that I sold as a kid, while I've managed to claw a lot of them back, admittedly not in the nice condition they were, not with a complete box usually, uh, were the Castlevania games to the Game Boy Advance. Um, hmm. uh, and specifically, I while I kept my copy of Circle the Moon because it didn't have any value even then, well, I... Yeah. Sold my copy of Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. Not, not, not um, Harmony of Dissonance. Harmony of Dissonance, yeah, yeah. Is it? I don't know. Is I, it Dissonance? I don't know. Harmony it's definitely not Dissonance. I know that. I don't much. know. I I prefer the bloody <laughs> Japanese name anyway. White Knight Concerto is such a oh, cool that's name. Oh, beautiful, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it. I'm just. Being I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Dissonance. I, I It's probably Dissonance. Now you've. Now you're making me question it. Let's see just what, like, oh, what Google says. You carry on. Tell us, tell us, oh Oracle. <laughs> dissonance. It's probably dissonance. Uh, what is it? Dissonance. Dissonance. Okay, let the record state Matt Boyle was wrong. <laughs> Harmony of dissonance. I've wanted that game for a long, long time, and as anyone who... Well, I mean, as you yourself have been stung by in the past, Tom Parry, Game Boy Advance games oh, off of eBay yeah. are notoriously easy to fake. Um, yeah. And much like I've you got... were stung with that copy of Double Dragon... And also Final Fantasy V. And Final Fantasy V. Yeah. I have always been reluctant to buy Harmony of Dissonance and... Aria Sorrow because because of that there yeah. are so many fake yeah. copies out there. I've also got a fake copy of uh, Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland as well. Yeah, I remember you with a great up. crack screen at the the, the uh, front of it. You know, one of those yeah. old things, cracked by, and all the flashy uh, uh, colours. <laughs> cool. It's like an Amiga game. So. Beautiful. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I I saw two box copies of those games from a reputable retailer who I trust and I emailed them and said look I I've been after these for a while are these the real deal and they emailed me back and just said yeah they are we've we've checked the boards and everything if you're not happy with them you can send them back and so I was like right okay I'm I'm gonna bite okay the on you this. got them did they arrive I did they have not arrived yet but oh, they right, will be okay. going under the Christmas tree also but 
I cannot wait to, much like I did way back then, open up a copy of Harmony of Dissonance on Christmas morning and play Harmony of Dissonance again. It's going to be good. And uh, this is boxed, you say? It is boxed. Uh, They were nowhere near. Yeah, I'm not going to ask. (laughs) They were on eBay, but they were still not cheap. So they. The, I did not break my my ceiling of like paying over a retail game for either of them, but mm-hmm. yeah, they were they were in that they were in that ballpark. Word of the week is dissonance. Word of the week <laughs> is dissonance. Okay. What does it mean, Tom Parry? Uh, I don't know. What does it mean? Oh, I'll find it, out. It, uh, lack of harmony among musical notes. Exactly. It is. Generally, me singing after I've had a couple of pints. £8.50, cartridge only. Is that real? Not legit, Tom. <laughs> can tell you that now. £7.99, £142, boxed. Yeah, I did not pay anywhere near that. I £70 got pounds for a genuine cartridge on its own. Yeah. But I also, Jeez. every time I see genuine cartridge, I'm like, oh, I don't know if it is. Well, this one's got a photo of it opened up with the board and everything. Okay, so that's a good show. I'd say then. that's probably real. I don't know. Anyhow. Ways. Cool. Yeah. So I, well I picked them up. Fulfilling um, a, a dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, like I said, I, I really like those games. And i've wanted them box since i sold my copies and unlike games like terranigma which have just become completely unobtainable unless i happen to run across one in a flea market which is very unlikely to happen given i'm yeah. in denmark that was another wasn't one here. wasn't it of your youth yeah that you used to have. it was yeah oh god the quintet games are so good like i i was part of a a thread on Twitter the other day where people were like, why don't they re-release them? And I'm like, I could not right. agree with you more. I would 150 quid for a cartridge. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Have a look how right. much box ones are going for now. I used to pay £15 for that game quite regularly boxed. 450 Yeah. Wow. If not more. Well, somebody's on. selling one at 8 50 There's one selling one at 4 50 So I don't... One's from Greece. One's uh, from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the Australian version. There's also, we need to be careful when you're buying a copy of Terranigma, especially yeah. because there was also released in uh, Germany and France. Germany, so yeah, 180 have, from Germany. Paid like be in German language, yeah. quid for a box copy, only for it to be completely in German and unplayable. Yeah. So, I try, you know. Learn German. Yeah, yeah. So it goes. <laughs> they did get a really nice big box version, at least of Illusion of Time. I also think Terranigma got one with a manual the same as Metroid. Mm. I know Lufia definitely did too, Rise of the Sinistrals, but I just bought the American versions of those because I wanted them. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's how it goes. Uh, I don't think I've purchased anything else. I have played one other game, which I'll talk about in a bit, but I, I feel okay. I've been talking for a while, so I, I wanted to pass the baton to you, it's Tom Barry. I like listening to your lovely Welsh lilt. Um. Yeah, I've picked up a couple of things here and there. Uh, Atlantis for the CDI, which is a, a rather uh, <laughs> basic first-person shooter. But as far as I know, there's two there's two um, first-person shooters on the CDI. There was one that was online only called Ram Raid, which you can right. play an offline demo of on a CDI online uh, demo disc. The CDI um, had online? Yes, CD what? online, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. The CDI and play a first-person shooter deathmatch. There you go. Okay, that's cool. Ram raid, but yeah, it's kind of like Ram raid. Um, it's it's if comparable to something like Wolfenstein, it's you're looking for Atlantis. So you seem to be in sort of like a uh, Greek environment, and you're shooting um, what you see like sandworms and skeletons and uh, robots on uh, hoverboards. Yeah. And you don't have a gun as such on screen. It's like you're like a little flying machine. But you are a guy, I think. So you don't see a gun on screen. It's sort of like, I don't know, like a hood. And you sort of fire out the bottom of a hood. Um, But you do have several different uh, weapons, like a machine gun or whatever. Um, It's okay. I mean, I wouldn't rush out and buy it. It's one of the later releases for CDI. As is Christmas Country, which I also picked up which is like a Mario 3-style platformer. 
But the biggest disappointment about Christmas Country is it has no music. Really? Uh, it plays well, you know. It plays sort of like Mario, obviously not, not quite as so good. So there's, n- there's no jingle bells in the background? There's no music. There's music on the title screen, but after that it's just uh, sound effects and it, it, yeah, it makes for a little bit of an underwhelming experience. Wow. <laughs> I've also got Zenith, which is a... What would you call it? It's a... Basically... Uh, you view the game from above, and it's a marble that bounces uh, on its own, and you move um, the marble yourself to avoid the obstacles as it bounces up and down, and you kind of move forwards from a okay. from a <laughs> a uh, what do you call it um, bird's eye view. Yeah, I that yeah. sounds like Bound High, which was a game they were going to release for the Virtual Boy that eventually got. A pseudo sequel yeah. in Chalvo Fifty Five. I can imagine that in three D. Yeah. Yeah. Be quite an effective thing. The thing, bounce, the marble bouncing up. Um, it's okay. It's a, again, it's a unique game for CDI, and it is often considered to be one of the better ones, along with Christmas uh, Country as well. So yeah, and, and a few others, Dragon's Lair One and Two. I've got Last Bounty Hunter, and a couple of three D O games, uh, Phoenix Three and Snowjob. So. Yeah, I'm sort of reaching the point where I've got everything, nearly got everything I want for those consoles. Uh, I would like to get the Lost Ride for CDI, which is again a later release and demands a rather high price. Uh, you're going to towards fair, the fifty pound mark. I was going to say fifty pound mark for like a late release on a console is relatively reasonable. I guess well, it just kind of speaks to how little relatively. collectors there are for those consoles. I don't like to pay fifty pounds. I mean, twenty-five pounds has been my limit on CDI games. Uh, but yeah, a little bit more than that. Thirty, thirty-five, thirty-five. Uh, that's a sweet spot. I might, I might get it if I see it as low as that. But yeah, uh, I think there's one for sale in the Netherlands at the minute on eBay. It's like thirty-five pounds with like eight pound postage or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, yeah it's a £50 mark. So, yeah, my, my love for those uh, consoles remains. My certain fondness for that uh, era of video gaming is I was often going visit my uncle and sit on the carpet and play Captain Quasar on a 3DO or Dragon's Lair on the CDI and have a, a rollicking good time. Yes, quite. But I didn't know any better at that point. That was before the N64. And when that came along... Yeah, everything changed. <laughs> Before that, it was all Master System. And well, yeah, it was Master System for me. Yeah, yeah, you know, if, if I was lucky, I might get to play on the Mega Drive, but I, I didn't get the opportunity when I was little to ever really play on Mega Drives. Maybe a couple of times, a friend of mine had a Mega Drive. I remember playing Sonic 3 and uh, Aquatic Olympics with James Pond yeah. and a couple of others. Uh, but Super Nintendo, the only time I ever played that was with a demo kiosk in a Dixon's. Yeah. And up to that oh. point, I thought Mario was rubbish, right? You know, ardent yeah. Sonic fan. I was, that. and then you know, I was kind of wow. And it was Mario Two as well, which yeah. <laughs> isn't the best one to start off with because it was yeah, it was All Stars. But I was playing Mario Two. I think that was the one that was playing at the time. Yeah. I was like, oh god! I thought to myself, this is actually pretty good. It's not <laughs> Sonic, but it's pretty good. <laughs> and your young child brain. Realised yeah. something that many like thirty, forty year old grown men haven't that having console rivalries and like going, This is shit because this isn't the thing I like, it was actually ridiculous. So good yeah. on you, Tom, for realising that but at a young age. When you're a little kid, you can't afford to necessarily buy that. You have one console or no, whatever and of course. and yeah. It was the N sixty four by the time I was getting another console, so I missed out on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. But you know, years later I, I went back and uh, yeah. It's a lot to enjoy, well, obviously. It's an understatement. The There's a lot to enjoy in a Super Nintendo. <laughs> there is, yeah. Some might, some might say it's a very good console. Mm. No, I, I, we've talked about this before. I had an, my, bro- I got my brother's hand-me-down NES. Uh, he had a Super Nintendo. I didn't get a Mega Drive until very, very late, almost into the PlayStation One life cycle, because mm. my, my aunt's second husband moved in and my cousin already had one so he gave us the other one because he knew I liked video games yeah um 
yeah, and that was that was me getting a Mega Drive. Before that, I just played a couple of games at a friend's house. My my buddy Andrew really really liked Mortal Kombat, so we played a lot of Mortal Kombat one and two on the Mega Drive. And I would any chance I got to go over someone's house, and if they had Sonic and Knuckles, play Sonic and Knuckles. Hmm. Oh, memories of a simpler time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> indeed, indeed. Uh, at the, moving way forward into the now, pretty much the now. Actually, oh, you've been playing Shanty. No. <laughs> a couple of years ago, actually, I finally get around to playing it. I played a bit of Spider-Man the other day. <laughs> I, I'm literally installing it on my PS4 right now. And I think it's with the uh, you know the press around uh, the new Spider-Man, Miles. Around Mor- Miles Morales, yeah. Morales, yeah. I could never think it's Rick Moranis. You know, I always think it's Miles Moranis, not Miles yeah. Morales. Uh, but playing that is great, yeah. I mean, I played the beginning of the game. But then I turned it off and, and didn't go back to it. Probably something else came along. But uh, yeah, with all this hoo-ha about the new one, the PS5, I thought I'll go back and actually see on a technical level how good the PS4 one actually is. Yeah. And you know what? It is incredibly impressive. And it puts into perspective <laughs> what we're getting now. We're getting uh, 60 frames a second. We're getting all this ray tracing, special effects yeah. and all that. But still, you look at the PS4 game and to me, I think to myself, how can this get any better? Do you know what I yeah. mean? I mean, you yeah. can improve the load times a little, but the load times on it aren't that bad. Yeah. You know, it's just normal. It's whatever. It's what we've been used to in the last console generation. I hear on the new PS5, though, it literally takes seven Second. seconds from yeah. boot up to be in Spider-Man. I mean, like, I'm all for is... that. I, I, I can't wait till we don't have to wait for things to load. And to me right now, uh, the next generation of consoles, that's the main selling point still. It was when they originally announced that you know capability yeah because it's not the games is it because we're well, not getting mu- anything we... really exclusive no we talked about this last week and i yeah. and i jinxed it because now even that um god i forgot what destruction all stars stars game it's, got yeah. pushed immediately yeah. after we immediately after we mentioned it like what's what's even uh sack boy is going to be on ps4 as well it is, yeah. I saw that too. Um, and also, Control's PS5 patch has been delayed into 2021 as well. Yeah. There's so been literally, some good news. Sorry, go on. The only next-gen game on the <laughs> PS5 or the Xbox uh, One X is... Oh, the Xbox Demon's Series, Souls. Matthew. Series. Xbox Series X. God damn it, I'm still doing it. <laughs> Sorry. I, it's not intentional. This isn't a bit. No, this no, is generally no, me screwing it up every time. Yeah, it is... It's what? The, what is it? it is Demon Souls. That's it. Demon Souls. That's it. But that's that a remake. It. So does it technically count? Yes, it does because it is built for the PS5. Mm, also, yeah, it... so is Gods Amongst Us or whatever that Ubisoft game I already oh, mentioned. Online. Oh, not that. Godfall. Godfall, yeah. That's a totally different game. <laughs> it is, yeah. But that's online only and that's for PS5 on release, I think. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. another. I don't know if it's on PS4. I don't think it is. No, it is. But isn't. again, I could be wrong. It's on PC, okay. but it's on. It is on PS5 only, not PS4. You know, often, often I get PS5 and PS4. If I'm talking about PS5, I sometimes say PS4. I still haven't gone through my head yet. There's a PS5, and 5 is the future. I'm still living in PS4 land and playing Spider Man. Yeah. On the PS4. <laughs> I mean, I, I will. I'm being very say. impressed by it. I mean, it's it's great, yeah. I heard nothing but good things. Um, it's just taken me this long to actually get a copy from the library uh, and to finally give it a go. One thing um, I did find a little jarring, though, just to uh, forewarn you here, you've got a very uh, exciting opening segment of the game, very action-orientated. Yeah. Immediately after that, you the whole city opens up and you can swing around and do whatever, but your first mission objective is to go to Doc Ock's lab. And there, the gameplay slows down to crawl as you do little uh, tile puzzle games for um, probably about 10-15 minutes uh, of that. Yeah, Um, it's introducing you, I think, to some of the things you might encounter later on in the game. Uh, Peter's got to fix some robotic arm that uh, Doc Ock's been working on, and to do that, he has to create a circuit. So it's one of those old, oh, you need to create the circuit type thing by moving the tiles around. You've only got so many of this type of tile. and. you do that in three separate different sort of tile-based minigames. <laughs> right. And then it opens up again and uh, you can enjoy the uh, the city and, you know, tackle crimes here and there as they go on and find things. And 
uh, move towards the next story mission. But I'm, I'm I'm talking about this game like it's just come out. It's been out for years. Uh, I'm sure it's been a out lot for a have... year. I think. Oh, a, a year. Okay. I if feel like it's been out for two. November. No. No, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Okay. Um, it's very good. What more? What more can I say? Uh, I'm interested to see what it's like running on a PS5 because, as I say, it looks great on the PS4 and plays yeah. good. Uh, the frame rate's fine. You know, I think sometimes you notice right. it. Sorry, September 2018. God, it's yeah. been out for two years and I've not touched that game. That's yeah. interesting. When you're playing a 30 frame a second game, if it's a locked 30 frames per second, you don't notice, you know, anything. You know, yeah. if it sort of goes down and up and all that, then then you notice it. So, uh, I know a, a channel like Digital Foundry, which I've been watching, I've lately talked a lot about 60 frames a second. And it is good. I mean, I was playing Torok on the Xbox One today, and I'm pretty sure that that remaster is uh, 60, because it just feels different, you know. Yeah. It feels faster. And uh, I hear that the PS4, it's backwards compatibility. A lot of titles now uh, are locked 60 frames a second that were, yeah. were maybe originally 30. So I do think it's a cool thing. I don't think it's a deal breaker or anything. I'm no. happy to play 30 frames per second games, but it's interesting because that seems to be where gaming's going now. Even 120 mm -hmm. frames per second, which I fail to see the uh, advantage of that, but... They say maybe in driving or fighting games, you're gonna it's gonna give you better response times and things. Interesting. Yeah, uh, PS4, uh, PS5. Sorry, I did it again. The uh, the UI for it, we've seen a lot more of that now. Yeah. And there was one feature that I'm particularly excited about: the ability to set up an overall preference for inverting your aim in a in a, uh, in a or, or camera in all yeah, games. Yeah, I saw that. Also, to differentiate it between first and third person. Yes, it does that, yeah. yeah. So you can choose whether you want it first person or third person, camera or whatever. And yeah. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I, I, I will not have to go in and the first thing I do is change the... Let's see if games take that though, Tom. Oh yeah, not every game's going to have that programmed in to work, you think? No. Okay, Let's you would see. just ignore the system setting, maybe. First party games will at least, so hopefully... There's hope. Yeah. yeah. And great things have been said about the dual sense. And before, I think, when we were getting more information about the Xbox Series consoles, I was like, well, you know, there doesn't seem to me to be a lot in it between these two consoles, uh, yeah. whichever one you get. But with the controller, I think the real next gen experience is going to be on PS5. I mean, if you want something fresh, yeah. then I think the DualSense is going to go quite a way to give that. And and also the idea of opening up a new console with a new UI, yeah. even though it's uh, similar to the PS4 one. That's no bad thing. My real fear with the DualSense is, though, because I've, I've watched a lot of people play Sackboy's Adventure, uh, not Sackboy's Adventure, um, Astro. Astrobot Adventure, Astrobot. or whatever it's called. And lots of... Lots of the cool stuff that people are talking about, like when you're walking through sand, it feels mm. like grainy and the triggers yeah. doing weird things and all this. The, the resistance cool. on the on the triggers, yeah. Do you do you remember a little thing uh, called? Well, I can't even remember what it's called. HD Rumble on the Switch. No, right? I, w <laughs> I I hear the the HD Rumble on the DualSense is actually HD Rumble. Yeah, it's good. You talk about the grains of sand that keep moving through yeah. the um, the controller. I think that sounds like a really cool thing. And and definitely more advanced than what we've already experienced with the Switch, I think. Even yeah, though that's but do you remember that cool. the PlayStation 4 had a touchpad that was supposed to like revolutionise games and then everyone just used it as a map button? Yeah, well, there is this, isn't there? Um, let's see how developers utilise the abilities of the controller. It's obviously something Sony want developers to take advantage of, and they've yeah. showcased that in the Astrobot game. But yeah, will will developers do that? I hope so. I hope it won't get ignored. You I can also turn so. it all off as well in the menus too. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want it, so yeah, I guess it is a little concerning that we might not get it for majority of games. We'll see. We probably won't, but let's see. Um, I. I would like to think that it's going to be there. And as you say, I think it's not only the loading, but it's also the controller that will make this. From what I've seen, though, a lot of people were talking a lot of praise around the 
the Xbox Series X and mm. its ability to have multiple games stalled at one time. Oh yes, Bef- okay, what they call it, quick resume, which is something the PS5 won't be doing, at least not in the same way. No, but uh, yeah. from what I hear last week when I was listening to podcasts, is quick resume will not be a launch feature. Um, really? It does not work for every game at the moment. Okay, so they want to roll it out for every game before they, you know... Well, they, it just doesn't work at the moment, so they're halt, halting it. But then I've heard it may be available on a game-by-game basis. Mm, mm, doesn't okay. I know, which was one of the key selling points, was like, hey, just... And it's one thing they've got over the PlayStation as well. Uh, yeah. It's something I'd seen a lot of press about as well. And like I was like, okay, I could see where that would be beneficial, but... I don't know. I'm hoping that a they manage to fix that relatively quickly, but I'm also hoping that gets adopted into the PlayStation because that isn't there something like thing. that in PlayStation, but maybe only for one game. In the there Xbox is only yeah, it's only for yeah. one game and one media application because okay. I would often switch between Netflix and a game. You can do that, but you can't mm. have multiple games running in one time. Okay. I still don't know if I'm getting a PS5. I still haven't had an email like telling me right. like, yeah, cool, we've. A, your order's being processed or anything. I know it's not out here for another 10 days. Yeah. But I I would like to know if I was actually getting one by now, but I've, I've had no kind of email confirmation, so hopefully well, by next week I'll know. I'm more convinced than ever that I don't need one right now. Um, especially I'm kind of just starting to play Spider-Man and still being very impressed by it. Um, that I can, I can certainly wait. And seeing there's no games that exclusive that i really want to play right now then yeah hey man like i i'm in the same boat as you like honestly mm. I, I i talked to my wife about this and i said well if i don't get one i'm it's not the end of the world mm. the thing i'm more annoyed about is and i understand it's a pandemic i pre-ordered that pix and love uh copy of yakuza like a dragon are oh, you not gonna get it and I'm not going to get it until like mid-December because the art book is delayed. And, and so like, oh, you're yeah, wanting to play the game. What are you going to do? You're going to buy another copy? I don't know. I'll probably wait. Yeah. And that's really sad to me, but that's probably what's going to have to happen. I guess you I can do- borrow it from the library. Hopefully. I mean, they've had the there other Yakuza games in, so let's go. see. You're going to be fine. Yeah, but uh, I, it was just it was very disheartening to like see that email and go like, I don't even really care about the art book. <laughs> like, what What are your thoughts on um, Yakuza from what you've seen now? Because there's been a lot more footage and reviews even of the game that have, have come out. I think it looks dope. I've heard very good things. I've heard that RPG mechanics marry themselves very well with uh, Ichiban and his, his uh, weird obsession love... with Dragon Quest. Yes, it yes. It looks yes. quite cool. I like the humour. I think that's great. And, uh, yeah, I'd be very excited to hear your thoughts on it once you get to play it. Um, hey, man. I'm continuing to play Shenmue because we have to mention this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I started back up recently. And while it's still good, there are a few things that are coming to light. As I reach nearer the end of the game, not quite the end, but I can kind of see that things aren't going to change radically or anything yeah. in terms of where the gameplay is. The quick time events are near impossible to do first time round. Right. It's basically a learning the sequence. You'll fail every time a quick time thing will pop up. Oh, cool, just because it just that. doesn't give you enough time to do it. It doesn't give your brain enough time to register the button you need to press. And also, there's a delay. When the button comes up, you can't press the button immediately. There's a delay of a couple of seconds where you can't actually input anything. So it's a case of learning them and playing the sequences over and over again. Uh, I think the longest sequence I experienced had maybe about five button presses in, but I had to replay right. each one individually to learn. Oh, man, that sucks. Uh, which, you know, it could be fixed easily, so I don't know how that one slipped through. Also, the nature of some of the um, tasks in the game, there's not as much variety as there was in Shemu 1 or 2. There's a lot of go here, go there, you go here. One guy says, go here, you go there. Oh, go here. Um there's not things like so much like in the first game where you had to like maybe get an object, uh, you know, you had to explore the uh, Hazuki Dojo uh, basement. You know, you need yeah. an object to unlock that area. And 
just to me in general, they felt like there was more variety in, in the missions. Uh, it feels a little lazy that you seem to be doing very much the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of made to be a game played at a leisurely pace. If you really just want to uh, get through the story, you're going to miss so much. There's so much in that game in terms of like shops and things to collect. Uh that you could miss a lot of it. And it seems that the games focus more on that exploring the world and collecting things than it is actually getting on with and telling uh, a story. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I don't know, that doesn't sound great. No, and I think from what I've told you about Shemu over, over the months, weeks, <laughs> that um, it's not a game I'm selling to you, am I? No, um, it, it is a game I own, like a, a lot of other passionate people who like those first two games, but I, it's not a game I'm really rushing to play, to be honest with you. I've heard from a good friend, Gareth, who's now finished Shemmy 3, that uh, there is another instance of having to um, save an awful lot of money. And I, I told you about that before. You yeah. need to buy an object, and then it's very expensive. And to me, that, again, seems like lazy design. Oh, we're going to hold back your progress until you just make a load of money. So we're going to drag out a segment, force you to do all the jobs like fishing, wood chopping, collecting herbs, all these little menial tasks Yeah. Uh, to uh, pad out the game time. Because we're going to give you this sort of like brick wall of you need this much money to get any further. Right. Uh, well, that sucks. Why yeah. do they keep, why do they do that? Like, are they trying to instill in the youth of Japan the 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 values of good hard work in in twenty twenty eighteen. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's another thing to make it more realistic that you have to work to progress. But in Shenmue One, it was just you'd wake up in the morning, you'd automatically get transported to the yeah. harbor, and you do the fork you do the forklift racing, and mm-hmm. you'd have to do the forklift bits during the day, but it never felt like, it didn't feel like it does in Shenmue 3. Like, I don't know, the eating thing as well, that annoys the heck out of me, having to eat to replenish your energy. And yeah, I've whined about that before, but still, the visuals, the music, the characters, and what there is of the story keep me coming back for more. Yeah, Uh, I'm invested in the world of Shenmue, and I will complete this game. And at times it is quite wonderful, but at times it is quite pedestrian and even frustrating. Wow. You've Hampered by some lazy pedestrian. game design. Word, yeah. word of the week, actually, Tom Parry, is not dissonance, but it's pedestrian. Pedestrian. Yeah, is that a good way to describe it? Maybe. Maybe. But it looks lovely. I think I think they, okay. they nailed the visuals. The attention to detail in that world is, you know, it's something the Shemmy series has always been noted for, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. creating these really real worlds. And even though the characters are stylized, it all adds to the charm, I think. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's my thoughts on Shenmue 3. I will let you know and let all listeners know when I've finished it and what are my final thoughts on the game. I wouldn't say to people it's a great place to jump off into the Shenmue um, story. Well, I think to be fair, like, to play Shenmue 3, I think you need to be pretty far down the Shenmue rabbit hole. You've definitely got to have played 1 and 2. I really think so. I don't think you're going to think it's a very great game, and it's maybe going to put you off playing 1 and 2. Do they not have, like, a previously on Shenmue thing at the start? Uh, Yeah, there is, yeah. You can do that. Six hours long. No, so it's not that long at all. It's it's quite concise. It's quite good, and you realise actually not a lot happened in Shemmy One Two. <laughs> not a lot does, Tom. <laughs> but uh, there you go. I should have about Shemmy. You probably fell okay. up hearing about it. Um. So speaking of games that start with the letter S, we've had Spider Man. We've had Shemmy. Yeah. Uh. What's... I played and completed a game yesterday, Tom Parry, which should interest you because nice short experience. Oh, well, yeah. Um, that I that I heard some very good things about. And go on, I'd go seen on. On the PlayStation, a couple of times, I played the sexy brutal. Ah, is that now? I've been put off by by, by that because it looks like some sort of strategy RPG. It's not, is it? 
know. Why do I Did think you... it is? I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of always been put off for it for that very same reason. I always thought it was like a heist game, right. which I was not really into the idea of. Tell me, Tom Parry, did you ever play Gregory's Horror Show on the PS2? Yes. Yeah. Sexy Brutal is Gregory's Horror Show. Really? Yes. Okay. So, so it has a unique atmosphere, uh, cast of colourful characters. Yes. Um, <laughs> less square blocky anime people and more... Spooky. Um, spooky. It's definitely got like mild survival horror aspects but i would describe it more as like a time puzzle game right right then so the sexy brutal essentially you wake up at the start of the game in a room and you are in like a slight isometric perspective in most of the cases and you a a woman covered in blood kind of tells you like bone i've woken or boon I I don't know how to pronounce things this week. Mm. Boone, I've woken you up. Like you need to save the guests in the in the sexy brutal. There's something wrong. They're all being murdered. You have the ability to save them, and you it's quite macabre. Through... Yes, you walk through quite like the start of an area, and you witness a man get shot. He rifles through a safe and then he goes into the the chapel and someone shoots him. Mm. And so you figure out, okay, I need to watch this person through the door to see what they're doing, a la Gregory Horror Show. And when he roots through the safe, you realise that when he's rooting through the safe, a blank bullet falls out of the safe. And then you go to where the gun is and you put the blank bullet in the gun and the person tries to shoot him and the gun doesn't go off and he kills them. And then you get a watch that allows you to rewind time so you can go back to the start of the day. Hmm. And it turns out, like Gregory Horror Show, every one of the guests in that hotel is going to die at a certain time. And you need to figure out what is causing them to get killed, how to Hmm. stop them, what their routine is. And essentially be the saving grace to stop them from killing themselves or being killed in a horrible way. It is not overwhelming either. What I feared when I start playing the yeah. game was that I would get into a situation where there would be too many things going on at once to keep track of. But the game is actually quite smart in saying, no, you should focus on this guest at the moment, even though you will see other guests and that'll kind of give you little breadcrumbs for later going like right i know that this character was talking to this character in the ballroom because i've seen it 12 times every Mm. time i'm resetting it's a very good game does it make you feel clever sounds like it can make you feel quite it does make you feel clever um (laughs) it Without, to be honest with you like i i'd also been afraid that it would require me to be too clever but yeah. it doesn't. It hmm. a lot of the stuff is quite straightforward, and you were wearing a mask the entire time, and essentially all of the other people in the in the hotel are also wearing masks. And what you do is, anytime you save one of them, you get their mask and therefore their powers. Mm-hmm. So the first one you get, like I said, the guy fixes your pocket watch for you, and you are able to then sync with clocks around the hotel so essentially like you reset your starting point by syncing your clocks together you then the second person i saved because there's a couple you kind of have to save them together you get a the ability to she's deaf and so her mask grants you the ability of like really good hearing so you can hold down r2 and not only can you see kind of through the walls and like hear noises in rooms around you so you know to get out of the the rooms before people come into them but you're also able to like hear people whispering or hear people type in a code on a keypad and all of these things that are like right okay this is allowing me to progress by gear gating certain parts of the mansion around these masks Mm. it is very good it is about six hours long it is a very concise very well constructed game that's all i can say about it 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 makes you feel clever 
it's very well written. The humour is quite nice. Who's there this done are... by? Who's developed the game? You... It is developed, I believe, by Tequila Works. Um, Tequila Works. What are they known for? They did Rhyme. Um, oh. Is their big game, from what I remember. Hmm. Let me just okay. check. Uh, yeah, but it, it it's just a very good game, and like I had someone told me, oh, by the way, there's a spiritual successor to Gregory's Horror Show, which is a game so inspired I by. Bought. Yeah. I bought at launch. I know, like a lot of people now covered that game because it's quite rare. I I went into my local comic shop in Swansea. I saw they had a board yeah. game for Gregory's Horror Show, and I fell in love with the art style. Yeah. I don't think it looks very nice on the PS2, but I like the square, like squat proportions, yeah. like cheap yeah. proportions. I thought that was quite cool with the board game. And then when I saw there was a game coming out of that board game that was based on the anime, I was like. I'm going to pick this up because this is really mm. cool. It came out and it was like 30 quid. It was a budget game at the time. And I played it and loved it and I thought it was ace. Yeah. I've owned um, a copy for years. Not not on release like you, but yeah, I, I got it relatively early on. I mean, mm. I, I remember us buying... I bought a second-hand copy of that game without a manual in Blue City here in Denmark while you were still mm. living here and sent it to a listener of the podcast, actually. So if you're listening, hello. Um, because it was getting quite coveted and quite expensive even then. It was around like the 20, 30 quid mark, which for a PS2 game before PS2 prices really took off was like, yeah. mm, okay, this is probably going to be quite an expensive game. And yeah, surprise, surprise, it's over 100 quid now. Not like Rule of Rose expensive, but still pretty pricey. Rule of Rose. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. That, Not Haunting Ground. That, I got that cheap. <laughs> yeah, I got Haunting Ground cheap as well. But Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it is by Tequila Works. Um, other games of note from them. Uh, yeah, like I said, Rhyme is the biggest one, I think. They've done a couple of things since then that I've okay. not heard well, of. Well, it sounds like a honest. really inventive, creative game. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the it, recommendation. It's really good. I don't think it's very expensive. I got it out of the library, but I, I believe it may have also been a PS Plus game at one point, so you may already have it, Tom. Oh, no. I, sometimes I forget to claim them. God damn it. Have a check. Have a look. But it's a yeah. good game. I really recommend okay. it. It's very short and it's very charming. And okay. yeah, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Marvellous recommendation of week. Do we used to Word do a thing like that? No, do we ever do that? I mean, we did Danish Deal of, of the Week. Yes, that's what I'm remembering. Is there any Danish Deals of the Week? Uh, no, I think everything I've bought has been from outside Denmark. Okay. I'll say that. I did, a, a friend of mine did uh, pick me up a copy of Legends of Wrestling 2 for the Game Boy Advance for 30 Krona box. So that was a, a Danish Deal of the Week. Wow, I wonder how that plays on the Game Boy. That would be interesting to see. Probably like every other wrestling game on the Game Boy Advance, if I'm being honest. But hey, okay, Fair quite dues. a rare game. It came out quite late in the Game Boy Advance's lifespan, and yeah, it's about twenty-five, thirty quid box. So I was happy to get it for three pound. I just mentioned before we wrap up because we're getting uh, to that point in the podcast. Uh, there's a game I played and streamed the other week called uh, A Tale of Paper. Right. And this was a game that uh, through Blast Process we, we got given um, code for to you know take a look at the game, do a stream and all yeah. that. And you know I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, but the trailer looked pretty interesting. And it turned out to be a really enjoyable, uh, what would you call it, Metroidvania, I suppose, type platform right. game. This looks cool. Yeah, I, I say I live streamed it and... Uh, as this little paper character, you can turn different origami uh, things, for example, a frog. So in order to get to a certain place, you have to get the frog ability. So you can yeah. jump up and you will see things and places where, how do I get there? And it's not until you've learned the ability that you can access it. So it's sort of like Metroid of Castlevania in that respect. But yeah, yeah. it seems to be a little bit more friendlier than that. It never gets into maze-like... Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I <laughs> uh, really confusing, uh, huge worlds. It, it's more um, accessible than that, and it's got a great atmosphere, nice soundtrack, nice visuals, really great uh, attention detail in the visuals. I'd say initially when you maybe start controlling the main character, it feels a little stiff, um, yeah. but not bad. You adjust to it pretty quickly, and you can also move in and out of the environments. I thought it was going to be like totally two D. 
Yeah. But it's not. You can move into the foreground and background. You will have to do that at certain stages to access certain things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a really lovingly crafted game with some really clever ideas. Um, but it's accessible as well. Okay. And, yeah, I'd recommend checking it out. It's not a game I've heard a lot of talk about. No. And I think it I deserves just... a bit more attention than it's got. So I'll definitely give it a shout out here. And for those who uh, are interested, check out the um, the live stream I did on Blast Process. You can find Would it on the YouTube channel. Both the game and the live stream. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool the gang. Well, I I have played no more Tom Parry and we're over that hour mark. So should we wrap it up? We'll wrap it up, yes. Okie dokie. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places on twitter.com, where I am at Game Boyle, Tom is at TomParry11, collectively we are at TeammateCast, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. And in your ears, you can find us in some other places, such as blastprocess.com, tomandmattattack.com forward slash podcast iTunes and Stitcher, while you're there, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? I'm finally Tom Parry this week going to look at putting us on Spotify, because I've heard an increasing amount of people mm. say, why aren't you on Spotify? So I will do that. Yeah, I think so, Spotify is a place where a lot of people listen to stuff. Podcasts. Not yeah, just yeah, music, yeah. but also podcasts nowadays. Yeah. So look out for that soon, I guess. I'll announce it on the Twitter when it happens. Well, that sounds good. You remember the uh, the, the password for the Twitter, Matt? <laughs> I've got it written down somewhere, it's fine. Yeah, you may notice our Twitter hasn't been updated in quite some time. I will but, uh, share that with you, Tom Parry, if you would like to post on a Twitter. But yeah, the um, the Facebook fine. channel is up to date, and Blast Process also has an archive of the episodes. And, of course, yes. tommattattack.com is a place to go uh, as well. A place to okay, go. Okay. There are many. Uh, right, okay. Uh, Tom Parry, it's always a pleasure, mate. Um, sorry again. I, I'm not going to get into why, but last week was a bit of a nightmare week for yes, me, so that's why no there problem. was no podcast yeah. then. But I will be back next week with you, Tom Parry, and uh, we'll chat about some video games. So until then, everybody, be sure to game on. Game on. Yeah, nice.